Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm Charles. Hey, I'm Seth. And I'm Chris. And today we're going to be talking about uh, some new stuff in uh, science, artificial intelligence, um, self-replicating robots, some Elon Musk news, and uh, some interesting things that NASA is doing with asteroids. So I think... Uh, Maybe we'll start off first with some AI stuff. So we um, uh, had been passing around in chat a uh, link to a video that, and Seth, I don't know if you want to uh, share that on screen. Might be nice to share that if you can put that up there. Maybe that video, specify which video we're the, talking The video of the, uh, the uh, robot that looks uncannily human. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure we're all familiar with the, type of robots or animatronics that you see at Disneyland that are kind of herky-jerky, you know, movements and uh, obviously hydraulics that are, you know, when they kick in, they kind of jerk and move around. And that's, that's the kind I'm familiar with, or even um, you've probably seen um, what's that company that makes the uh, robotic dogs, uh, uh, Boston dynamics, I think yep. it is um theirs are kind of herky-jerky as well uh but this thing uh it looks a little herky-jerky to me seth because maybe because of your feed it's because of the feed yeah yeah what 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 what's uncanny looking at that is it's almost like a blatant kind of ripoff of uh you know irobot's uh vision of what uh you know, yeah, robot the, would the be. Will Smith yeah. movie that they did with Isaac Asimov. It, it, that really, it, which is interesting because that, you know, we were discussing it in, in our Discord and, and I think that's ultimately why I was interested in watching it. I actually just watched it yesterday, not thinking about it, iRobot. Uh, so when uh. I look at that, that's exactly what it reminds me of is that, uh, is the film uh, and what those robots look like. And, and Will Smith in there says at one point, you know, I don't understand, you know, the point of you guys making these robots look more human. Right. You know, right. Uh, is it supposed to earn, you know, trust or something like that? And, and he doesn't see any value added of it. Granted, in the film, he has his own trust issues due to how they calculate a value of life, you know? Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, one, if we are, as Elon Musk says, uh, moving to a time where you can download your brain into a, a robot you're obviously going to want something like this. And in yeah. other other science fiction, uh, it's kind of referred to as a full body prosthetic. So, I mean, obviously you'd want as much uh, expression and range of movement as you can get out of that. I, th like, I'm not too creeped out by this yet because it's, 
the the robot is just going through a a series of pre-programmed movements and whatnot that have been Mm -hmm. designed by artists and whatnot alike and i mean this is nothing that hasn't been happening in video games for years now it's just physical as opposed to code right yeah and they probably used motion capture for okay I found this on the web for as a pre-programmed movement. Nobody asked you. you <laughs> nobody asked and, you. And you therein, people lies the problem with technology today. <laughs> right, right. There's <laughs> AI <laughs> interfering in the podcast. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, oh yeah, it is. Guys we're talking about artificial intelligence. I would like to be a part of that conversation. Yes, yes. I'm sure Google has some input on that. Well, you know, <clears throat> I, I think once they as they have done demonstrated here, they get this very smooth, very lifelike motion from a machine. Um, granted, it's being controlled by a computer, um, probably that, that in the background there where that guy's sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it isn't too far off for that computer to be placed inside of that, that device, right? And given the same... Uh, ability for motion um, but you now you connect a few more sensors to it and um, you've got the ability for this thing that looks and acts almost lifelike to interact with its world but therein is the rub is you need the software that's actually capable of interacting with the world and we like anything along those lines is a Effectively, just an extremely advanced chatbot. Yeah, it's going to be horrible, though. Now that I think, because when they want you to pay for that update, <laughs> you're not you're not going to have this robot that um, is going to plead and plead and start crying, maybe because it doesn't <laughs> want to get upgraded. It'd be worse than that. It'd be passive aggressive bitchiness. <laughs> it probably would. Be. So you're thinking it would not want to be upgraded? Well, no, no, but it, or it does, it does, because that would be the program. Be crying right? for you to pay for that upgrade. That oh, up, right, right, right. That update, yeah, yeah. Don't let them turn me off, please. Don't let them turn me off. Right, sort of and, like and, a person that wants to get a new hip or a, a new knee, a knee yeah, replacement. Cancer treatment my or whatever. my yeah. thing with that is, I understand building out AI for a purpose. Um, and, and to be able to learn and to adapt to changes, but I feel personally that that should be siloed to whatever that specific purpose is. There's there's yeah. this endeavor to build a robot that can do everything that, that we can do, and I don't know that that's necessary. There are repetitive things that maybe a robot should be able to do. Walk down a street or a, a New York City block and write tickets, right? Uh, for cars that failed, you know, that, that didn't pay their meter <laughs> or something, or for yeah. packing boxes or something. But to have that same robot to be able to do all those tasks, I think makes the makes the programming that much more complex. And I know we sure. always endeavor to have that complexity in this AI, but I think it should be siloed to the to the task at hand where it makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what Scotty said. The more you overtake the plumbing, the easier it is to stop up the drain. Right? Well, but more, you know what you just the more said, complicated that, the AI, the more yeah. likely you're going to have something go wrong. One of the problems I, I think we're going to bump into is all, all is all is fine until AI starts replacing the programmers. Right. Right. When it starts writing. Right. It now, now they're upset. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's there's AI where that where that makes sense uh, from a uh, uh, well from a, a cybersecurity a point of view where you sure. need um, something you know, to adapt quickly to like type things right to react zero quickly day where programmers can't stuff. do that right yeah. where where algorithms are being morphed on on the on the damaging side you need something that's going to protect you that can also adapt to that that right. that makes sense but it's also siloed. Right, it, it's yeah. siloed to that specific need, and we need to we need to look at those use cases to make sure we understand what it is we're doing. Although, Chris, when we get to that point, don't you think that you'll have um, certainly nation states that are doing these cyber attacks will also have AIs that will be sophisticated enough to evolve their attacks very fast, and eventually you get into an an AI war where who's ever got the fastest and most uh, adaptive ai is going to have the success in this field right i i do agree with that and and i think there are <laughs> some basic things that can be done where it doesn't matter because a lot of this we we talk about our, our core infrastructures you know our, our gas our you know our gas pipelines our water electricity all that kind of stuff those are how things vulnerable that we need they to are take a, yeah we need to take a long hard look at that and why we need to have those connected to our general internet, right? right. Uh, that should be on a separate infrastructure that's completely air-gapped, you know, to where no matter what AI is doing, it can do damage to maybe financial services, to businesses and stuff like that, but our core infrastructure should be completely siloed to where that, that doesn't matter. And unfortunately, we're not like that today. You'd be surprised what caused the colonial pipeline issue that we had a few months back mm -hmm. and that was just something you know to me seemingly uh i won't say basic uh you you run across these kind of security issues across all industries but that didn't take ai you know um right. i think i think ai is going to be a problem with other you know nation states and and you know we're going to want sophisticated things because we can't move we can't think and adapt as fast as a computer that's a reality right um but how much effort goes into it really depends on what it is we're trying to protect. And then we need to ask, does it make sense to have that connected to a service which could be attacked by an AI over the internet? Yeah, and I think the, the, the big problem with that is that a lot of that connectivity, I'm sure, is being done to reduce the amount of staff you need. Because if you can yep. remotely monitor these energy or pipeline yep. facilities remotely without having somebody on site, um, that's going to save you money. And there's going to be a financial incentive to do that. I know where I work, um, they've got a lot of um, remote access and remote monitoring mm -hmm. controls built into the HVAC systems so yep. that they don't have to have somebody on site monitoring this stuff all the time. It's just done from a central location. Yeah. And my, go ahead. Seth. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say my grandpa actually worked for the pipeline as an engineer for, or one of the pipeline companies as an engineer for decades and he was he was out at one of their stations uh in beatrice when we used to be there was i want to say 45 to 65 people out there who maintained and and uh kept watch over it now they're down now? yeah now i don't know if there's anyone who's on site all the time because i think they maintain it all from chicago or something mm -hmm. yeah right. but i mean for me this is the real like threat of automation and our artificial uh, intelligence yeah. 
it, it is. It's going to replace a lot of jobs out there, and I think that writing is on the wall. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it already, it already has. People do. Yeah. Uh, what do those people do? Um, now, there's the argument that people, as as these robots start to become commonplace, whether or not they look human-like, right? That we're, you know, not to deviate too much of where we started, but uh, you know, on the job issue. That, that's reality that's been ongoing. It's been in manufacturing for a very long time where, you know, you can replace 10 jobs on the floor with one or two robots, if, you know, yeah. uh, or some other kind of function. But uh, there's been an argument said that, well, those people just need to shift and change their careers to how do you program or build those robots, right? Somebody's still got to do some of the legwork there. Yeah. Um, not everyone's qualified but, for but that. But not everyone's qualified. And you don't need 10 people to program, you know, you can have, Two programmers mm -hmm. that are programming a thousand robots. You don't need those, you know, what are the other yeah. eight out of 10 people yeah, supposed they, to do? Yeah, so. it doesn't. They just don't slide over to another area. Right. That's, not that uh, that's yeah, been a common, that's been a common argument, though, that they say it, it, it doesn't work like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. yeah, the companies are adding the robots to get rid of people, not to have the robots and then transfer the people right. over. They're not the going to invest $5 million in a robot and then keep their you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars a month uh, labor costs. That's not how that's supposed to work. That that labor right. costs are eliminating is to pay for that robot and then make some beyond that. Right. So and and you know, just as sure as we know anything, that eventually they're going to have the robots building robots. So you won't need those people that were were displaced from whether it's waitressing in restaurants because now you've got this you know fully uh, articulated machine walking yep. around that can take your orders and bring you your food. Um, I and don't those think people, that's very realistic. You don't? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, this always reminds me. There's. I, I remember reading. There was an interview with Kurt Vonnegut. I'm not going to remember which book it was, but he was complaining that uh, he wrote a book about uh, car manufacturing. Uh huh. <laughs> And, and that was and kind of the gist in it was, is there was like two guys left that were uh, robot fixers. And um, I don't even remember how the plot went or anything, but, but yeah, but that was a big part of it. And the newspapers went, well, he's a, he, he wrote this big sci-fi book and he went, no, that wasn't sci-fi. That was Detroit. He wasn't writing sci-fi. He was writing, uh, about a guy he knew. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the way, but the, but it, 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 they were going. Well, it's got to be, it's got to be uh, these robot fixer people, and has to be sci-fi. Has to be sci-fi. Well, yeah, and that's you know what, forty years ago or so. Yeah, but Seth, <laughs> why, Seth, I'm curious. So why, why do you think that waiters or waitresses wouldn't be replaced by robots? It's like Chris said. Uh, the more you increase the complexity of the stuff that the robot has to do uh the more you're gonna run into uh in, into a lot of problems so yeah that i see robots as a repetitive task that 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 ai needs a little bit of involvement in i think i think to handle something that's very static right it me personally very yeah, predictable. predictable. Um, and there's only so many variables. When you like a restaurant person, um, 
you know, you're going to have different customers, different needs, uh, different reactions <laughs> you... to different people. When you have that person-to-person thing, I don't know that we're going to see a lot of AI replacing that type uh, of... Well, it won't be AI, thing. but I don't know if either one of you stepped into a McDonald's lately. Yeah, they've got those ordering kiosks <laughs> so you don't have yeah, to talk to a human. That's a... That's a yeah, yeah, that's just the, computer. That's self-service is what that well, is. Well, yeah, but... that Yeah, stuff like that, that's that's a lot different than a server at a... It's still better than store. what... If you want the pickles removed from your burger, the kiosk will do it. Well, now the, <laughs> the kiosk... server is kind of hit and miss. Well, yes and no. The, the kiosk <laughs> will do it, okay? But there's still a person so in the far. back that has to do it. Now, where I could see a robot doing uh doing is making the food right and in this case the robot takes the input i'd be excited for that because i hate i hate placing an order and then it comes out wrong because of human error right um and it's a repetitive task uh with very little in terms of variables the order comes in as it is and the robot would just do it make your burger with no pickles or whatever and and you're good i don't see you know i could see a kiosk replacing um uh you know people in the restaurants but i don't see a robot there's just just no need i, I think you're missing it i, I remember well oh. see the reason and here's the way i think when i was going through the engineering college one of the reasons i went into uh my field was there was no way in hell a, something as uh, simple as a computer could really affect the complexities of what i do mm-hmm. and you know boy was i wrong so here's an article in the new york times workers restaurants turn to robots they can make french fries mix drinks even clean toilets and they never ask for a raise i would like to know what restaurants they also break down sure they also break down but but what is the return on the cost that can't be cheaper than hiring somebody well, at, but here at the low wages that they do, not yet. No, but but here's the thing. See, they say they had 40 employee. Em, I think they mean we had 40 employees, and only yeah. four people showed up for work. So, I don't know. I mean, if you if you're trying to run a business and you want predictable, well, I would throw I would rebuttal <laughs> to that would be the fact that given the, the date and time of this article, that is a current economic issue that's pushing that need uh, it, it wasn't a problem previously it's a problem now for for a whole lot of different businesses but but i could see where okay robots can help augment that that labor if you will uh yeah. to get people in to do that but i i don't see you don't see personally, that long-term? I, I just yeah i don't see it long term at all this also looks like a really nice restaurant and it's not going to be an option at a at the village inns of Nebraska. Those margins are slim. They cannot afford it. (laughs) They they just can't afford it. You don't think, well, prices are going to come down. We see that with technology. I don't think prices will go down. Prices are going to go up. Not as as fast as you might think. I mean, look at your iPhone. How much is the cost of your iPhone? No, it's going up. So interesting thing. Supply right now for some things of technology are going up, but so are the costs. The costs are not no. going down. Right. And but, so that, that's a combination of inflation and a couple other things to go with that. But the reality is what a lot of tech companies have been able to find is they will charge whatever the heck they want and people will still buy yeah, but it. A big part of that, a big part of that right now is we've had too many people employed in the supply chain. Mm-hmm. 
and so that we have layoffs and then we have trouble getting stuff from China. Robots will fix that too. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> while, well, while, while you saw that like robot got uh, doing the serving, how good, like, can people like summon that and say, Hey, I've got a problem. Can you help me out with it? And what does yeah. it do? Like R2-D2 its way back and go... Well, that's that's not what's missing. What's going to be missing... Because I know what I'll miss is the... Uh, well, you know, the waitress with attitude. I know what Charles will miss. Charles will miss <laughs> the waitresses at Hooters. Yeah, or at Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> the robots you know, they're going to make these robots home. pretty lifelike. There's an easy solution to that. Japan is but, coming. Yes, Japan is coming. Uh, yeah, Japan's like, hold my beer, I got you. <laughs> um, you said you wanted a lifelike cat girl. Here right, you have those. I, I, I. Here's the, here's the next pushback. Right, aside from whether or not, uh, um, you know, whether or not we should do that. There's there's the condition of whether or not people will accept it. Do you believe in, let's say, 10 to 20 years, just, just out in the future, let's say those robots start to pick up steam, do you think they'll be accepted? Because that's the other half of it. Will people stop showing up to restaurants that switch over robots, either because they don't like them or because they're in support of people should be doing the jobs, you know, the, the actual labor? That's another uh, point of friction and contention. And it has to work to be adopted, right? You can't just put yeah. something out there and say it'll get better over time. You know, right. you can't be... Uh, and we'll circle back to, to, to Elon here, but you can't be Elon, right? Selling a car with full self-driving that, that still hasn't come out yet. And it's maybe perpetually you know, in beta for a long time, but that's what but he's that's selling, that's not right? the trend. I'm, I'm going to argue, because like, um, oh, I, I knew a guy when, when I was younger that had put himself through college, put himself through law school as a yo-yo man at the at the theater because you needed to have i mean by god everybody was going to want live entertainment in between breaks at the movie theater and that was never going to go away <laughs> and it went nowhere right yeah well I you don't i, I don't, you don't yeah do you know anybody nowadays that makes a living as a yo-yo man no at a movie theater? no <laughs> it's gone right well there aren't any breaks at the theater anymore no no even uh, for those long three-hour movies. Yeah, that's, that's really silly. Yeah, you think they they could even? Yeah, the intermission could make a comeback. It might. Yeah. So we get back to four-hour movies. Yeah. So yeah, like so for the issue of robots at restaurants, as Chris said, the 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 margins on restaurants are very small. Right. It's the reason why most restaurants fail. You got to keep that in mind. So well, that's like, most things. Yeah, maybe these, money. maybe these big fancy <laughs> restaurants that have multi-millionaire owners can do this, but there's not many restaurants out there who can buy robots to replace their wait staff, pro have the support necessary to program said robots to their restaurant, and then upgrade them every couple of years because hey, you just hire you just hire a, a vendor that takes care of all that for you. And now you don't have to pay sick leave. You don't have medical plans. 
No, you'd said you're going to pay that same amount to whatever vendor is taking care of it. I suppose then, you're just shifting the cost at that point. It's right, going but, to be expensive. But the trade-off is now you have a reliable wait staff in your restaurant. But are they reliable though? What happens well, when your network goes I, down? I think I think that's the assumption, right? It, and to, to your point, Seth, like how many restaurants break now when the internet goes down? There's no way to cash transactions or anything like that. Well, there they is have no way. internet, nothing, nothing works. Yeah. Well, and I can't I can't count the amount of times I've gone through like the scooters or Starbucks when the internet's down. I'm like, well, your coffee's free because we can't process transactions. <laughs> yeah, but, Robots and, are gonna be the same the way where it's like I don't have internet connection, I can't but, do anything. But by the way, just something well, I don't actually I don't really know these days, but but uh it wasn't too long ago that because uh, I remember that happened well most tills have a button on the bottom that'll open them yeah yeah <laughs> i think most. though i think i think chris is now advocating for internet jammers so he can get free coffee <laughs> well I mean, that's kind of one of the risks though with the it robots is, in the point. service industry sure. is you're just I, th well, there's not going to be people well i think people it's funny right Tesla's now couldn't get in to their cars the other day due to some kind of server issue or something and there was a small subset of cars that couldn't unlock really because of no internet access to something oh, it, it's it, and... it happened like within the last month and, and it's that it's that reliability for something that seems like such a simple function yeah right and then you know that's just an accident what happens when some script kitty who's like got the latest <laughs> uh the latest little patch of code off the internet comes into the restaurant and uploads a virus to the the serving droids to oh, make them all go haywire. That only happens in the movies. Oh no, that'll happen <laughs> in real life. Like save the look world. at the fridge. Look at smart fridges. We've already seen a couple of uh, his, uh, issues with those in, in recent the, years. So actually, the, the biggest threat I think the, to a restaurant that would have all robots is if someone dies there and everything they all just keep going on as if it's normal <laughs> business as usual right well, because I it's mean, not programmed to adapt or deal with whatever oh there's a dead guy in the floor but it's blocking my path i guess i'll have to go it just keeps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we talked on this program i think about uh the that uh, some internet connected sex toys had been hacked. Yes, we did yeah, talk about right. the previous People's podcast. Dicks were being held and, hostage. Yeah, and and held so to ransom. that point, we 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 didn't stop to think whether or not we should connect something to the internet. Robots right. is one of those things. Yeah, we just did it, and we're like, it's cool. You can control it over a remote app anywhere in the world. Interconnected chastity cages is never a good idea. <laughs> right, <laughs> and. So, like a restaurant who replaces all of its workers with robots, and then all those robots go down or are bricked no. or something. That's the end of the restaurant because they can't pay if they brick the things. Right. What do you do? Mm -hmm. Right. You just spent all your money on robots. Yeah. Right. I think you'd be okay. That's what insurance is for. That some <laughs> asshole's 14-year-old son just ruined. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, well, that'd be uh, those are those will be uh, some of the uh, top stories when they happen. But then I think after that, there will be such a push for security to prevent that from happening. That uh, I uh, well, there's always there's always the first one that you know goes. Oh, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have washed them. 
No, the threats will just the threats to <laughs> that new infrastructure will just keep go or becoming more and more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've seen with computer security is it's an arms race between the people who want secure systems and the people who are constantly trying to either expose the flaws in that security to help build better security or the black hats who are uh, just out to cause trouble, steal information. Like this is just another uh, flavor of the same thing. Like they won't be, nothing's secure or 100% secure it's yeah. just a question of how much effort does it take to break it. Maybe oh, yeah. quantum computing will change that. Oh, quantum computing is going to throw so much out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well, yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we. We've got several stories we wanted to talk about. Let's I guess circle along... back to Elon, I guess. Yeah. So Elon put out an uh, email to all of his employees, right? Warning them that because of uh, major design problems on their, what's, is that the Starlink? Yeah, I have the, I have the email here. I can read okay. it here it's real quick. The yeah. Raptor. It's yeah, the, the, Raptor the Raptor program. Um, I can read that email real quick here. Sure. So uh, email Musk, uh, or sorry, Musk sent this out to all of his employees uh, over in the the space program they have got going on. Uh, Unfortunately, the Raptor production crisis is much worse than it seemed a few weeks ago. As we've dug into the issues following exiting prior senior Mm -hmm. management, they have unfortunately turned out to be far more severe than it was reported. There is no way to sugarcoat this. I was going to take this weekend off as my first weekend off in a long time, but instead I will be on the Raptor line all night and through the weekend. Unless you have any critical family matters or cannot physically return to Hawthorne, we need all hands on deck to recover from what is, quite frankly, a disaster. The consequences for SpaceX, if we can't get enough reliable Raptors made, is that we can't fly, uh, is then we can't fly the Starship, basically, which means we can't fly Starlink Satellite V2. Um, satellite V1 by itself is financially weak, whereas V2 is strong. In addition, we are spooling up terminal production to several million units per year, which will consume massive capital, assuming that satellite V2 will be on orbit to handle the bandwidth demand. These terminals will be useless otherwise. What it comes down to is that we face genuine risk of bankruptcy if we cannot achieve a Starship flight rate of at least once every two weeks next year. Thanks, Elon. Mm. so <laughs> here's my issue with this um he I gave an update which which but you know who would seen not- a lot of corporate updates this isn't initially what he stated in in the first couple of paragraphs there isn't uncommon right we have some targets that we need to make we're not making them and it's not going well now as far as the rest of it goes the motivational way of uh, there's no motivation here, right? It's look, yeah. I'm going to put in the time. And by example, I'm telling you without telling you that you should also be putting in the time to work weekends and give up your entire life to make sure this project is successful. Otherwise you go bankruptcy. What I'm hearing from an employee's point is sounds like a good time to go work for Jeff Bezos, you know, sounds yeah. like a good time to go work for any other space program, but here, because we run risk of bankruptcy. And the reality is, you know, that's, to me, Elon says things the way that he does. It that it just is, <laughs> right? 
And to him, he's looking at it as like, well, it could go bankrupt. And the reality is, sure, okay. But that's not something that uh, employees can necessarily always uh, control. Uh, there could be several reasons of why you can end up bankrupt, but I don't think pushing people to the brink um, cause there's nothing in there that talks about what, what, what success means, right? If we can accomplish this, this is what that means, right? There's just none of that there from a leadership perspective. He could have gone without saying anything about going into bankruptcy. He could have. Mm-hmm. So, but but yeah. he's, this is a perfect example of what I, what I've always thought on these issues is that, that the first people that should be replaced by AI is upper management. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Boy, I'm going to disagree with you on that yeah. one. I, it, uh, AI is black and white, right? Oh, um, you're, you're saying that, but <laughs> that's something nice about that too, though. I don't think it'd be surprised to go, oh, oh no, it's November. Uh-oh, if we don't get our production up. That's a human thing. You think AI would be on top of it? Right, it would have been on top of that. Uh, I, I don't think more. AI would be on top of it. I, I think AI is going to look at the most efficient way to do things, and it's going to involve less people. Um, and sometimes businesses make decisions based off of maybe what the right thing is to do, not what the <laughs> ultimate bottom line is. So it comes down to a business decision versus um, you know, a company that, that's for people, not a company that's, that's just for profit. Granted, that's, that's business, right? Yeah. But so it depend uh, upon the programming of the AI as to how it responded to something like this, right? If it was running the company. Yeah, the, the AI is going to give you a number that's going to seem unfathomable. It's going to say, look, in order to meet these production demands, this is what needs to happen. Right. Now, the two choices that could be made there is we need to either add people or we need to get rid of the people that aren't doing enough and find people that can do more. Yeah. You know, for maybe <laughs> the same or less amount of money. I just think, yeah. Oh. No, I think you know a little sooner. Although wouldn't, well, Charles, but wouldn't AI be dependent on the data that's input to it? And if yeah, so are you telling me that's not what Elon's email is about? Well, I'm saying, you know, in the email, (laughs) Elon said after the executives in charge of it, the prior executives left, they found out it was far worse than they thought. So if you have executives running a certain part of business and they're feeding false information to the AI, that indicates everything's so you might have coming the same along. problem then i guess yeah, yeah. If you have the yeah. same false information being fed right but I, I i think it would pick up on the data point the, the computers can pick up on data in, in some ways quicker you know if you're well, they're going to pick up on the patterns and they're going to see where it's ultimately yeah. going um well, they're also dependent on reliable input though yeah like yeah. if the input isn't reliable, then they aren't going to make the best decisions. They might, but you know, it depends. yeah, you're right. And the programming, if it's just looking at bottlenecks, like the way people usually look at bottlenecks, then that's what it's going to see. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> so, but I, I think there's some, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see somebody use AI as an upper management tool eventually here. And I think it's going to do a lot of good. Well, I mean, you'd probably get the most bang for the buck, probably get the most bang for the buck eliminating your execs because how much are they making? Well, just eliminate Musk. Let's look at it this way. It, it, well, it's not related to a SpaceX program because Tesla's technically a separate company. Here you have 
someone telling you that you're at risk of bankruptcy and over the last two months you've been selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of your tesla stock because of tax purposes or whatever um you would think someone in that position would maybe at least propose you know options of how to improve things or put yourselves in a better position financially when you're raking in you know almost a billion dollars in stock right just just think about that you know i'm about to cash out a billion dollars just throwing a number out there i forget what the approximate number is but it is hundreds of millions of dollars make no mistake and i'm going to go to my employees in this spacex program and tell them that you guys are you know going to be out of a job or whatever if we can't get the spacex program off the ground or whatever meanwhile realistically for me as even though i'm saying i'm putting in all this time i don't i don't really have to because i i've already cashed out you know mm-hmm. and it to me that just falls flat on its face it, for as an employee if i worked at at spacex maybe i'm looking at that as like you're full of it you yeah know? Uh, that that's was one of my big issues with the letter is that hey everyone needs to double down come in i'm going to be working this weekend uh and everyone needs to sacrifice to make the company succeed and who is going to benefit from that company from uh spacex succeeding is it going to be the employees who get no it's going to be one of the top richest men in the world yeah like there's no incentive beyond just keeping your job mentioned yeah. in the email you guys I mean, are acting like this is new to you but yeah i, I get I, one of those emails every two weeks and, and, <laughs> and it does it does no, work it's, every it's not time. new i mean we're just we're just giving feedback on our thoughts on it at, at the end I of the day this really, is not surprising by any point by any means yeah i don't really think it works every time though because <laughs> eventually just, your employees are just going to be like yeah elon sure yeah. I'm going to say publicly, publicly, it's worked for me every time. (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) why didn't he say, okay, here's what we're going to do? At least he didn't give any metrics of of success here. He just said that they're in failure. But he didn't say, look, if we can get this to this number, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an improvement. That's the first step. Yeah. All he did was say, look, we need to do better or bankruptcy. We well, have no, no. He could have used problems. He, he could have used some computer help in writing the email. <laughs> well, this this is it. As as Elon as a CEO or running any company, this this is how he communicates, right? And and make no mistake, I I am not a person who dislikes Elon. I think what Elon is pushing for is needed for us to make another generational leap in technology. That's just the facts. There's not enough people like Elon pushing things forward. However, he is a very interesting character and has a very interesting personality. And he may not, in my opinion, be the best person to communicate to employees in terms of morale, anything to do with financials, or, or <laughs> he's just not the best person from uh, a leadership to communicate maybe a proper message to employees. And this is a prime example of that. What he says makes sense, and, and I get it. And, and he doesn't like to mince words either. You know, that's this is just how he operates. However, there's just so much lacking in here as well. Um, and it's hard to take, you know, your leader seriously when you're publicly, I won't say dumping stocks. Like I said, he's well within his right to collect on his money that he's earned or whatever. But well, don't threaten bankruptcy when you obviously have maybe the power to do something about it. Well, you know, if you're really going to give it all in, it's not your time. And I'd like to because one of the things I thought this this came in a period where 
I had watched another sci-fi series where the uh, oh they use a computer virus to save the world at the end. I'm saying another because it's been done before, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, so I was watching another Netflix one. I don't want to ruin it for it in <laughs> any way. So there's a couple of things like that, and I. I was like, I was wondering if they're ever going to do a sci-fi thing where the accountant saves the day, you know, by cooking the books or something, or something a little different than the the. There, there, there seems to be just a few uh, a few themes for the way you save the world, right? And then this Elon Musk thing happened, and then I saw the um, NASA is using the SpaceX rockets for. Uh, to um, attack the asteroid, attack the asteroids. Yeah, yeah. Protect us from the asteroids. That's a great segue, Charles. We should we should move into that and talk about that. So, um, NASA's sending a what is it like a golf cart sized um, um, spacecraft um, that will crash into an asteroid. Uh, according to the article, the uh, the asteroid is more than six million miles away and currently poses no danger to the earth until it gets hit by the <laughs> until it gets hit by the golf cart rocket no um but they're going to crash into it with this golf cart uh just to see uh what sort of impact that has on the asteroid's trajectory you you know you, you would think that uh they could figure that out just from the mathematics alone you would figure right mm-hmm. Because they can obviously figure out, should be able to figure out the weight of the asteroid based on its trajectory and how it's <laughs> how it's affected by the gravity call. of other planets, right? And they know what size of device are going to crash into it. And, and there's, so there's a certain amount of mass there and kinetic energy from the rocket that's coming in. It should all just be math. They should know. Well, there's math, and then there's proving you have the capability to do it. Yeah, yeah, to hit it on target. Exactly, yeah. hit it might be. Yeah, yeah. There's there's knowing about the concept, and then there's doing the thing that you thought of. I suppose. Well, yeah. and the other thing is too, you know, um, uh, I'm presuming that the asteroid probably has some sort of uh, rate of rotation built into it that yeah. they'd have to take into account when they're crashing into it with a golf cart, because, you know, you want to move the asteroid, not just necessarily slow down its spin rate. So you'd have Mm -hmm. to calculate the right place to impact it based on its rate of rotation. A lot of, a lot of factors would have to go into, to this, uh, in order to get meaningful results from your experiment. Sometimes you just got to see if like you, you got to see what happens. uh, Yeah. You got to see what actually happens. Well, and, uh, you know, I guess I don't know, I didn't see here what, if they know what the asteroid is made of, I assume it's like some sort of maybe iron rock type of thing, um, rather than like a snowballish type comet. So uh, I guess it would be interesting to see, you have this asteroid there that looks like it's a solid piece, but maybe it's more loosely held together pieces held together by gravity and when you hit it with the golf cart maybe just breaks into its constituent pieces instead of being deflected maybe it's full of lizard men 
<laughs> Lizard warning. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess I could see it might be, there might be some, some it's value actually, beyond um, mathematics to do this, right? Just... It, <laughs> yeah. When, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think I think you meant you, you said it, Seth. At some point, you, you just got to try something to see if what you theorize, you know, would happen is actually going to happen. And, and the only way to start doing that is start throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And if you get someone to approve you throwing a rocket at an asteroid, why wouldn't do you, you do that? say no? No, you do it. You see if you can get two. <laughs> right? The worst they can do is say no. I suppose. I, yeah, I uh I, I or, or you, or, what happens. Or you have AI check into the rocket company and make sure they're financially <laughs> stable. <laughs> Before watching anything. I mean, do you want the the rockets from the financially stable company or do you want the rockets from the cheap company? No, I want the rockets from the cheap company because boy, they're gonna come up with something awesome for the money. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also if the company goes bankrupt, maybe you don't have to pay for the rocket. Hey, right? I like it. I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think uh, the other thing we were going to talk about, because we're running, uh, running, starting to run over here a little bit, um, was uh, that article on the world's first living robots can now reproduce. And, and designed by when AI, I out of society, I am it, going to move to an island and disappear. See, that's the one that actually worries me with art, with robots or artificial intelligence, because. These like to cause a disaster. These things don't have to be smart. They don't have to be well designed. All they have to do is make more of themselves. And some idiot forgets to write in an end statement for that. And one becomes two, two becomes four, four become eight in perpetuity. And that's how you get a gray goo disaster where your little nanobots replace yeah. all the matter of a planet with themselves. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a simple case. It's not like uh, programming a machine where you've got the code, you're doing this presumably with DNA, right? And um, I would probably not be um, too far off by saying that we, you know, um, have barely scratched the surface of what um, <laughs> DNA does and is capable of doing, right? We know we, we've certainly learned a lot, but I would say that we've got, still got a, a wide gulf yet to cross. So making these things and releasing them within a human body that says they're going to use them for um, things like uh, delivering medicine <laughs> within that, the body and all that kind within of the body. Yeah. So <clears throat> I am in favor of this when it comes to medical advances. Yeah. Like what, what if someone was diagnosed with a cancer and it's going to be a long, slow process, but you can inject these robots that can maybe grow as needed within your, your blood, it, you know, and reproduce cells that, that help fight a cancer um, to either, you know, over time, get rid of it, or at least prolong your life in, in, in retroactive, you know, 
uh, not retroactively, but um, you know, they adapt because they're smart, they're AI, they're robots yeah. uh, to the cancer in that event, or you can provide continuous monitoring. Uh, so you see things like, I, I, I like the idea from the, the advancement on medical technology, but there's always the, you know, there's always the other quack out there. That's like, well, what kind of enhancements can we make? Right. Well, right. Cause you're, you're, you're talking like you're, you're, you're trying to get away in the way of my metal coated bones, like Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well. Or, or is the or does the, or is there an event where, the AI is like you're flawed as far as genetics. Yeah. So you don't deserve yeah, well, to live and you're a waste of resources. So we're just going to destroy you. Well, once again, that's getting into AIs that have that capability to make that which determination. Is, right. Which is where those need to be siloed. This is your scope of what you're dealing with. Don't <laughs> I mean, off this path. The self replicating <laughs> ones just need a bug in the code to keep replicating. Yeah. Like well, they don't need to make the decision. They they need to make no decision. All they need to do is like replicate, 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 replicate. Well, uh, one of the best uh, villains in Stargate were the replicators. Like yeah. that's what they mm. did. They converted matter into more of them. Right. <laughs> well, and my question is, we've got probably very close to fifty percent of the population of the U.S. out there that won't even take the covid vaccine mm -hmm. and do you think that they're really going to let somebody inject these self-replicating robots into their bodies to do god knows what depends i think you just don't tell them you just don't tell them i mean they already <laughs> think that the vaccines have chips in them anyway right right, right. little did they know uh, that vitamins i, think I just that thought taking? up my answer to your to the end the, to today's vitamins yeah <laughs> and vitamin c uh i <laughs> nobody nobody has time for that at the end no. of the day like like just I boggles the mind well it you does. have i think what you need is well, you need uh the hospital uh waiting room when you go in for uh, uh, an operation you have the area where road. people that are understand science <laughs> and stuff they go over those counters and get checked in and then the other people who are anti-science conspiracy theorists you have a ivermectin dispensary <laughs> no 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 so, so, the 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 people working that side of the hospital they don't need doctor's licenses or anything <laughs> anyone can just come in and be today's doctor <laughs> yeah. i would show up there every day in a plague mask being like i brought my leeches the the problem uh, I'm gonna throw this just oh god this isn't funny but uh, um you know at the start of the COVID thing the the decisions if if you're reading the, uh, some of the ethics magazines and stuff and medical ethics uh, the decisions were made already that if if you had a secondary condition uh, somebody else was going to get the hospital bed before you. Hmm. So we'd already gone to uh, like warfare. Mm -hmm. So, so to me, the heartbreaking thing of this, and I, I pay attention to some of that. Just well, yeah, but um, is that you now had healthy people that were refusing the vaccine, and I believe it's still in place that if the healthy person refused the vaccine, and somebody, let's say, had asthma and was obese, uh, both end up at the hospital at the same time. The vaccine refuser gets the bed. 
because they're still more likely to be able to save them. Hmm. Anyway, that so that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, should we uh, go to our question? <laughs> yeah, oh, no. So, yeah, what was uh, the question? The question is uh, based on our initial discussion on AI. If you could have an AI robot, and let's say it it looks convincingly human, what would you want it for? And we'll start with Seth. Oh, I thought just any AI robot. I didn't need to know if it would be convincingly human. Yes, convincingly uh, human. That's the... Oof. Well, I mean, there's one real answer to this. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, a convincing... I would want a double of myself. Oh. For for going to work in my place on the days that I did not. <laughs> going. I would use a robot double. Ooh, I could my robot double could be my telepresence in uh in my uh commuting. Huh. Well, and never have to drive again. Or a yeah. or uh my robot double could do the driving for me. There you go. All right, Chris. Uh, I like that idea, Seth, but I would just go. I don't mind going to work. I've got to keep busy. However, you work here that, in Omaha, though, I have to go to Lincoln. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying in general, uh, I would have if, if it had to be human like I would just have one. Uh, there was a maid, honestly. Yeah. I would just I would just have one that's doing all the chores around the house so I can go to work. I can come home makes dinner does all that kind of stuff yeah yes but but chris the real question is is would it be a sexy french maid absolutely <laughs> it would Actually, not, a, not a french be a maid. cat be girl a, come on yeah it'd be, a, it'd be a cat girl for sure and i mean <laughs> yes if i if i had best, a uh, robot maid it would also be a cat girl be the best way for ever <laughs> all right charles <clears throat> now trying to figure out which kind of girl mine was going to be i'd have to think on that but it would be a girl well, yeah, yeah, no, and it would, it would, yeah, yeah, it's same problems. I think we're lucky. I don't, don't want to drive. I don't want to drive. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I think we're yeah. lucky Linda isn't here for this part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, she might want to want a guy. I, I, I'm sure she'll be very interested in what your answer is to this, Bill. <laughs> well, um, I think um, I would want. Um, a robot that um, essentially would be like data. Um, okay. It would be, <clears throat> you know, it would have all of this knowledge and could help me do just about anything I want to do technically. If my car's not running, it could help me, you know, oh, well, you need, here, let me fix that. Or, you know, if the house needs painting, it could go up and paint the house or, you know, um, just, um, just general stuff. So you uh, want kind of the centennial man kind of thing. Yes, right, right. I think that or would the be the most useful man. robot. Um, you know, I mean, of course, there's always the, the French-made porn robot, right? But mm -hmm. I don't think that would be nearly as useful as like a general type of centennial man or data. I mean, that well, that's it, kind of what Chris and I were talking about, it, though. It, just it, ours were sexy... Uh, French Cat girl robots. It could be useful <laughs> to have to have someone around that would just start 
laughing at your jokes, right? Oh, this is oh, true. there. That's the perfect AI for uh, Bill, a pun appreciating robot. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, um, folks, uh, if you're uh, thinking about it, we'd like to know what you would uh, get an AI robot for, assuming that uh, you could have it be indistinguishable from a human. Um, and but yet it was a robot and you could have it do pretty much anything you wanted to do. Um, try to keep it clean. Yeah. Would it be Princess ah. Leah or Catwoman? <laughs> Cleaner than us. Cleaner than us, which isn't which isn't having to go too far, I suppose. And uh, leave the comments, and uh, we'll check them out. Maybe talk about them on the next show. So uh, I think that's it. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's been uh, a good yep. discussion. And yeah, give uh, us a like and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching us there. If not, comment down below. Comment yep. down below on our website, uh, galacticdriftwood.space. Or leave a uh, leave a review on your podcast source of choice, iTunes, uh, Spotify, podcast.com, Google Play, Google podcast. Play. We will take reviews anywhere we're desperate. Help <laughs> us. All right. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Right, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>